What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Coming at you again with another episode of Talking Football. This is Austin Cunningham, and I am joined with Justin Treese and Riley O'Brien. Boys, how have you been doing? Not bad, man. It's Father's Day. It's my first Father's Day as a father, so it's been good. Got out in the golf course this morning with a buddy, kind of did that, played a little bit of video games. I was a little too lazy to get out on my dirt bike, to be honest. That was the original plan, but... It's getting hot here in Utah, and I'm sweating, like, going outside for 10 minutes. You didn't want to take the, the old dirt bike on the course this, today, huh? Not today, man. Like, there's something about, like, on Father's Day, you're supposed to be respectful or something. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. Nah, forget about <laughs> it. Fuck them. But, uh, dude, speaking of that, your first Father's Day, how do, you, like, how do you feel knowing, like, this day is for you? I know your son, Miles, you know, he's a little too young to kind of do anything for you, but, like, Getting to celebrate that with your wife, I guess I just dropped your son's name, so I'll drop her with Jasmine. I mean, what have you guys done? How is it, like, what's the feeling of that? It's a little weird, it, like waking up and like having like a present on the table and stuff. It, it, it was really weird. I'm just like, huh, what am I supposed to do now? But I mean, I, I went through a Mother's Day with my wife, right? But I, I think my favorite thing about Father's Day was me not having to worry about writing a Mother's Day card. <laughs> I always stress about those. I'm not very good at them. Therese, I, I liked your uh, your tweet about the gift that you got and that it might have had a an extra meaning to it. Why don't you fill us in on that? Yeah. So I, I tweeted out this morning, I got a gift card to Home Depot. <laughs> and I think it's cleverly disguised as a chores list because deep down I kind of think it's just, hey, here's a here's a Home Depot card, gift card. And then it's like, hey, can you go buy all those plants and lacquer <laughs> yeah. and all that shit that we need to get done in the yard? That's what I think it is. Happy Father's Day. Make our landscaping look nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, man. Uh, Austin, what have you been doing this weekend? Dude, I've been freaking chilling. Uh, my girlfriend just got back today from like a seven day cruise with her mom and sister. And I was a lazy piece of shit. Like I went to bed last night looking at everything was like, man, I'm going to have to clean all of this before she comes home. And I did this morning and it freaked me out because I was loading the, the, the washer and I just hear like this girl's voice. I was like, great like what is this like this is creepy like i feel like this apartment complex is already haunted enough as it is and i turn around and she's just standing there scared the shit out of me but nice to have her back home uh, other than that dude i really just haven't been doing much so just so, little house bitch cleaning so she got home sooner than you thought she would yeah but uh luckily i had decided to clean the moment i woke up <laughs> so like, your- the first thing i did when i rolled out of bed was just like grab all my dirty clothes and like the towels and just started laundry right away Dude, and it takes up the trash. So saved your own ass, man. Nicely done. It's what I do sometimes. <laughs> all right, everybody, as much as you guys all tune in to listen about our weekends, I know some of you actually listen for some football content and it wouldn't be a Tuesday episode without Teresa Via. So let's get that underway. Who are the three quarterbacks in the NFL to beat all 32 teams. There's three of them in the NFL right now? In NFL history. Oh, uh, this is going to be easy for me. Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Say it one more time. Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady. How on earth has Tom Brady beaten the Patriots? Oh, shut up. <laughs> Why do you got to say it like that? 
Cause you you sounded so confident. I was. I was one hundred percent. I was just like, oh, easy peasy. Yeah. I mean, you got the first. You got the first two right on the nail. So <laughs> you, one more. You're missing one guy. How long ago did he play? Uh, what? T- today's June. Six months ago. He's currently in the NFL. Correct. That's my clever way of saying he's currently in the NFL. Fuck off. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. I think I might know. Who is it? Drew Brees. Boom. Are you oh, serious? Yeah, good job, boys. Drew Brees. I was waiting for like Matthew Stafford. Like if he would have said that, I'd be like, wow, who's the <laughs> <Matthew>? <laughs> Yeah. And Stafford, for the record, can beat the Lions. Like he probably has beaten the Lions in his career. Several Just times. Several times. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, Riley. Moving on to the next one. Last year... There were how many? Sorry, I'm trying to look it up. Okay. There were 30 games where a quarterback threw it 50 plus times. How many times did that team win the game? Okay, say that again. The wording confused there in the middle. That's all right. Last year, there were 30 games where a quarterback threw it over 50 times. It happened 30 times. How many times did a team win when their quarterback threw it? 50 plus times. I want to say it's not very high. So like seven. Okay. Riley, what do you got? Uh, kind of sitting on the fence. I'll give him like a 500 record. So 15, 15. I will say that Austin, you are very close. Damn. It's like, it's going to be like five, six or seven. It's five. Yep. They went five and 25 when a quarterback threw it 50 plus times. So more running. I mean, most of the time when you're throwing that much, you're probably down anyways. Right. Yeah. Life okay. of a Lions fan? Yeah. Do you guys want to try to guess who the five quarterbacks were that won? That won? Jared Goff, um, Ben Roethlisberger. Mahomes. I don't think he had it, a game 50 where he, they won. Is Patrick Mahomes one? Patrick Mahomes is one. Really? Damn. Am I right on the other two? No. Jared, not even Jared Goff? Nope. And who else drops back that many times and slings it? Mm. Philip Rivers. Nope. What? Sorry. Aaron Rodgers. Yep. There's two. Drew Brees. Nope. Did Cousins ever have a game with 50 throws? Not where they won. Stafford. Nope. Sean Watson. No. Luck? Andrew Luck? Nope. You you guys got to think worse quarterbacks. You're too high. (laughs) All right. Maybe I should start naming them. Yeah, think, please. What was that one that you just said, Riley? Andy Dalton. I just oh, heard okay. I, like thought she was All right. The other one, Dak Prescott. I almost said him, but ah. I didn't fucking believe it. Another one, Derek Carr. What? And the other one, Jameis Winston. Wow. What? Yeah. Yeah. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Absolutely. Chris Ivia coming at you again with your stump of stats. Yep. Those are good. So, I like them. Cool. All right. Sounds good, boys. Another Trisivia in the books. That was a good one. That was a good one. We need to start giving more credit to these because these are really fucking good. So It, it takes a while to find some of these. <laughs> I, I bet. Sometimes I can just find them like very easily, and then sometimes I, I'm like really digging in. So it is what it is. Well, I appreciate yes. your hard work. I really Thank do. You. Thank <laughs> you. So speaking of digging in here, for those of you that have not seen – 
Jalen Ramsey and Fournette decided to go on Instagram Live and really just dig their cleats into the ground and stick to their guns on certain things, such as Jalen Ramsey saying, you're not getting no discount no more. I could have given you one this year, but I'm not giving you one (laughs) now. So you guys are going to be paying basically as much as you possibly can think of to keep me in Jacksonville. Fun fact for everybody. They are going to, they will, and he's going to be in Jacksonville. So it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. So I do, I do think that'll happen. I just wonder who do they lose with that? I've already said this miles Jack. Yeah. You still think so? Like just 100%. Yep. Breaks my heart, but I just don't, I just don't see how, but then again, if Telvin Smith does not return from his retirement, mm-hmm. they can use that money on Miles Jack, and they're going to be getting like Clayus Campbell and Darius off the books that can make up for Ramsey, and then they got to just figure out a way to get Ngakwe locked up. Yeah. Do you think that Telvin Smith took that into consideration, Treese, when he's thinking like even if the money goes to Miles Jack or something that he's he hasn't lost his spot because if you know it's Calais Campbell that's gone he feels like he has a spot when he comes back yeah for sure he does um the news came out today actually that the Jaguars fined him $88,000 for not coming into minicamp last week and Telvin Smith yeah and Telvin Smith is not happy about it yeah I wouldn't be either you literally have already told them hey I'm not playing this year yeah like, but I, wh- I need to focus on my own stuff yeah, but if you're if you're the owner or if you're the organization, why are you paying this guy his guaranteed money if he's not doing it? Yeah, that's such a tough line to walk. Because it's guaranteed. I mean, at some point you just kind of have to be like, "Hey man, you know, whatever you need, like we're here for you, but you're going <laughs> to find someone $88,000?" I mean, that's part of his one is part of his contract and two, yeah. he's come out and said like him leaving is has nothing to do with like mental. Like it's literally him just not wanting to play football anymore. Maybe that's why they're looking at it and saying, all right, well, then we'll take this money from you. Dang, I thought it was like mental health. Like he just needed oh. to take care of himself and get like personal things lined out. No. It's just him not wanting to play football? Correct. Okay, yeah, I'd take back my statements then. Okay, yeah. He, he comes out and he's like, football's not everything, guys. Like I just want to be like around my family and friends and I just need a break. That's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough look. Yeah, I, I, and maybe there is, right? And he just doesn't want – and maybe he's too prideful to say something, yeah. right, like on Instagram or whatnot. And so that could be it. But it sure sounds like it's just, hey, I just need a break. Like, it's it's wearing on me. Dang. Yeah, that's a tough situation for the Jaguars. It is. And I think that's why they're very supportive of him taking that time, right? Yeah. And like, hey, come back next year. That's fine. But you're not getting all this bonus money that we're we're giving you for being here. Like yeah, you're yeah. going to get fined for it. It's not like they're going to like ruin his contract or anything like that. But yeah, these bonuses, like it's part of your contract. If you're not in the mini camp, you give us money. I, I think it's the right thing to do if you're the organization. Yeah. The one thing that I liked watching that trees that stood out to me was, especially given how Fournette was kind of acting at the last game of the season, you know, he just flat out told Jalen Ramsey, like it wasn't a good year for any of us last year. I think they've just, they've just come to terms with like, you know, it wasn't a good year in Jacksonville and hopefully that that, you know, turns around to looking in the mirror and they all just come out. Cause Jalen kept saying, you know, after I ball out this year, that's when the, there won't be a discount. Yeah, for sure. And he's going to, he's going to be a fucking stud again, like how he is every year. 
for sure uh, so if you guys don't know what video we're talking about we're going to go ahead and post it on our page just so everyone can reference it but there was another another pretty big topic that uh jalen ramsey had that i really want Trace to get into here so i think i cut you off right when you're about to do it so let's hear what it was nobody's talking about it but at the start of the video they throw some shade at aj green and I'm shocked that like that's not what caught everybody's like eyebrows, right? Like, that's not what everybody's like focused on. Everybody's focused about how Jalen's saying, "Yeah, they're not getting a discount." Yeah, that's not fucking breaking news. Of course, of course, they're not getting a discount. Like, <laughs> even if he says, "Yeah, I would have given you twenty percent off this year," no, you weren't, Jalen. No, you weren't. Like, <laughs> whatever. Like, the news is like they're still throwing shade at AJ Green, which is. Just amazing. I, I went back and looked at the schedule. I was like, wait a second. Do they play the Bengals this year? Because I want to see this, and they don't. But it was super funny, man. They, uh, I can't even remember the exact words they say, so I'm not even going to try to say what they said. We'll, uh, we'll just post the video and let you guys look at it. I also love like how close this team is because if you guys don't know, Miles Jack is like really, really into making candles. You guys should follow him on Instagram. It's so funny. Like that's what he does in his spare time in his kitchen. He's just making just hundreds and hundreds of candles. And he goes out on Saturdays right in front of the stadium and sells them. Like he's, it's like a, like a lemonade shop. Hey, $2 a candle. And it is, it's awesome. And they, Jalen and Fournette love to give him shit about like how that's how he's going to make his next contract money is by uh, selling candles. It's it's pretty funny, but it's it's cool like to see like all the Jaguars videos. They always show him inside like the locker room and just giving them to all the players. And the players are like, dude, this is awesome and stuff. Like they're like just it just shows like how normal of humans they actually are. Because a lot of people just think of them as you know like these athletes and they're not like normal guys that just like to joke around and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you have an NFL linebacker that makes candles, I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the fact that the dude's making candles. And if they do smell good, I mean, dude, put them in some cool jars and get them out in the market because what, what are they called? What are his candles called? Yeah. Uh, I think he calls them Miles Jack's candles. I don't know. We should try getting him on the show just to talk about his candles. That would oh. be kind of cool. Totally. And it's funny because they actually were talked about this one specific one that he made that it's, I guess it's black. And they're like, who likes a black candle? But Jalen's like, dude, it smells so good. I wanted to buy it. I offered him multiple times to buy it, but he'd already sold it to somebody else. And I'm pissed. (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious, dude. I love like... A lot of a lot of fan bases say this, right? And I know, like, for me, just locally, because the Utah Jazz, like, everybody's always like, this team is so close. Like, they're, like, best friends and stuff. Where I'm like, no, that's every team. Every team is like that. But it's it's really awesome to see. And that's what I love about social media is you can really see into the and the bad of right? their friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. That is awesome. Like, the with the kind of going off that with the Kansas City Chiefs, they have, like, a, a basketball hoop in their locker room. And Chris Jones and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and like all the big like defensive linemen that they have just love playing basketball in there. And so you'll just randomly see like on their Instagram stories or their Snapchats or whatever they're posting it on, just them playing in there. And then they talk about it in the media after practice and stuff. 
So that's going to be really cool to see that come back up once the season starts. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So speaking of season getting started, a lot of mandatory camps were last week and summer this fall, this upcoming week and throughout, throughout June basically. And then a lot take until late, late July off. Yep. Something that was awesome that you brought up was we did not hear about any major injuries that you'd normally hear about. No Achilles, no ACLs, yep. that type of things that we're just accustomed to hearing about at this time of year where it's like, shit, this guy's out for the season. And it seemed pretty clean this so far this year. Yeah. And so I actually thought all of them ended this last week. So I hope I just didn't jinx anything, but they, you know, they'll go into mandatory mini camp and they get about five to six, five to six weeks off to do whatever they want. And then training camp starts in heavy and then right into preseason and right into this uh, season. I don't know if they're just deciding to take it easier during the camp or make things not as strenuous. You know, there were a couple like hamstring injuries from some guys. I think, you know, report came out with the 49ers. I think there's a couple guys with the Chiefs, you know, just kind of pulled up with their hammies. But there's just no reason to be going that hard or that fast, you know, or to be that physical at this part of camp right now. Yes, I get guys are fighting for spots and to make plays, but you don't have to hurt yourself in that process. And so I really hope this season that a lot of those ACL injuries or any injuries that are to happen in camp are minimal and not as significant to the league because a couple of years ago when it just seemed like every major star, every promising star was going down with an injury, it just kind of made things not as fun for the NFL because all the major stars are out. So for me, it's really nice to see, you know, guys are staying healthy in this part and heading into training camp. Good to go, especially with the five weeks off that they're ready to have. And then the next worry is like, after you get past these, okay, nobody got injured. Now it's like, okay, these five or six weeks, let's hope that nobody gets stupid and gets arrested or something with the law. That's, I, I remember reading an article like two years ago that coaches were like, I sleep less during these six weeks than I do during training camp and preseason because I'm just worried for that 3 a.m. phone call that, hey, your player just got arrested at this club because he got in a fight or whatnot. And that really like stuck with me. Obviously it was a couple of years ago that I read it and I'm still talking about it, but I'm just like, shit, like that's not something I would think about like that a coach stresses about. Yeah, dude, that's a really good point about the coaches aspect of that. I, that's really just not something I ever thought about um, from that perspective. That would just be kind of different going to bed with the hopes of, I really hope my best player does not make a mistake. Kind of like what we saw with the cream hunt situation. That's right around when that time period happened on that second incident. He had three incidences, or three incidents, excuse me, and I believe I've mentioned that. He had one in January, he got in the fight. He got in another fight in June and July, and then the video came out of his incidents in the February, and that's why he was released from the Chiefs because he lied about everything. And they're like, all right, boom, you got to go, dude. If he doesn't lie, he's probably still in the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're a, a lock. I mean, I'm talking fucking lock it up as Super Bowl champions, taking the Lombardi back home. Um. But that is that. Let's move into something a little bit more heartwarming, and that's going to be the 417 Foundation that was created by Matt Miller. It originally just started with him getting coats, you know, just kind of raising up money to get coats for children in the area of our hometown, which is Joplin, Missouri, that need coats. And he's been doing this for the last couple of years and everything, and then it just kind of started to grow and people were needing more coats. And then he was, he was able to auction off like jerseys, signed football, signed helmets from players. And he was using that money to buy coats. 
And just recently, he's been doing a huge thing of trying to gather money to help other people. He just auctioned off like a Vince Young jersey that had all these accolades on it, you know, everything that he, you know, achieved at the University of Texas. And I believe it was signed. So he's able to use that money for his foundation. And he eventually just turned all this good help into an official thing. And that's the 417 Foundation. And that's the area code of back home, Joplin, Liberal Lamar, all that south, southwest Missouri area is 417. So that's a great thing. If you are feeling good in your heart, please donate to that. That money goes to, you know, a good guy who does who wants to do nothing but help other people. And that is Matt Miller. Um, a guy that I know personally, a guy that I've enjoyed spending time with and something that I've donated to as well. And you see it in the community. And that's the best part is for me growing up there and then getting to see him, you know, grow into what he is now and then use it for good. You know, that's awesome. Cause his mom does the same thing. His mom feeds the hungry in our hometown. We have a town of like 700 people and she ran some numbers and there's a, a large amount of people that just kind of go hungry. We have like an older community. Um, they're called the golden homes and a large amount of that community just kind of goes hungry because they can't afford food with their medicine. So she will, I think she does it two or three nights a week. She will cook dinner and then her husband or, you know, Matt's dad will go deliver it to people in this past week. I think they fed over 300 people through the week. And that's, massive due to the fact that the town only has 600 700 people in it it's like that's feeding half the town and she's doing this all on her own and funding it all on her own and that's just been you know that's just how that family is and that's how they've always been and it's just awesome to be a part of that and related to them in a sense you know growing up with them so definitely donate to that foundation help out the most you can you know every dollar every cent everything helps man yeah absolutely i know that i've donated that as well actually before he even had the account when it was just me Venmoing his his account, right? Like he's such a good guy. You can see it on Twitter. You can see it on Instagram. You when you listen to his podcast, you can really tell that he's a genuine person. And that's that's why I believe in it. So awesome. Austin, thank you for like describing that and explaining everything because I think that it really does like show how good of a people they are as a just as as a family. So yeah, everybody, every dollar helps as Austin says even if it's only a couple dollars that you could do, you're, you're helping kids. So whatever you can do, absolutely. For sure. Um, and what was the other thing that we were wanting to get into here? Just that we're about to interview Dan Barnes from CC Scouting, and you guys should listen to it. We, we get into a few of his, his hot takes, and I, I for, for one, make sure to let him know how I feel about him. So you guys are it not going to this out. It is a hot, like burning, like scor- scorching hot take. I mean, he must have been sniffing the right glue. I mean, he must have been sniffing better glue, glue than you guys do over there in the Utah area because it was – it's bizarre, dude. And who knows, he might have been drunk when he thought of it. You know, that's where a lot of his other stories and ideas <laughs> appeared to come from once we got a little deeper into the interview. But, no, it was, it was awesome getting the interview and talk to him. It's a great listen. You guys check it out and let us know what you think. Other than that, I think that pretty much wraps up what we have for you guys today. We're going to follow this right up with the interview, and uh, let's go ahead and head into that right now. Today, we have a very special guest. I'm a guy that reached out to me a while back, and I was like, hey, man, love to come on and talk. And I was like, absolutely, we got to make it happen. I've met him a couple times, 
great guy. He's picked me up from the airport, and I didn't know he was actually picking me up from the airport, landing, and we were walking out the door. Um, I believe this was in Indy. So great story there. We'll get into that a little bit later. But this is the one and only Dan Barnes, uh, Stick to Football Hall of Fame president and founder. He has his own podcast called The Brew, and he's had some tremendous guests on there that I want him to talk about here, and we'll get into it a little bit more in a little bit. Um, and then he also started CC Scouting, and like I just said, we'll get into all of this. But, Dan, it's awesome to have you, man. How you been doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. It's going to be everybody gonna do some good stuff. Awesome. So why don't you go ahead and tell us exactly how you got your podcast started and then the CC Scouting. Cool. So uh, as far as the brew goes, uh, it was a Colts podcast that I had been looking for for a while. Um, I tried some other stuff, looked around, and then uh, I listened to a couple of their episodes. And then Aaron, who uh, runs the podcast, tweeted out that he was looking for more content, guys. So I just shot him a message. and was like, hey, what's up? Like, you know, let's make something happen. And now yeah, we're pumping out like I'm pumping out like two episodes roughly a week when it's a good week with uh, Tommy and things are going really well. I'm really excited for the cold season to start. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting year for sure. You guys got the one and only Justin Houston. Yes, we did. Exciting addition. And he's number 99. I didn't realize that until I saw the video the other day. And it's it looks pretty good on him. It looks a lot better than the 50, to be honest. It's, it's really cool because, like, when you see lots of the, uh, like, the uh, little videos and stuff that they've been leaking from practices, like, you can already tell he's just stepped in and immediately taken a leadership role. And a lot of the defense really looks up to him. And it's really looking really promising. I'm really excited to have him on that defensive front. Seriously. And the one thing that I noticed, like, with those videos coming out, like you just mentioned, he sounds more vocal or seems more vocal with the Colts than I feel like I I noticed with the Chiefs. I don't know if that's because Eric Berry was there and just everyone else did so much talking with, you know, Peters. But I just don't feel like I saw that side of him with the Chiefs that I did the Colts. So that's that's awesome for you guys. Yeah, you see, it might have been like a, you know, a role that he was kind of pushed into. Because when you look at the Chiefs, they had a lot of those veteran defensive core guys that were all really outspoken leaders. And when you look at the Colts, their defense is almost all just young guys. So they don't have like that established, you know, dominant veteran guy that's been in the league for a really long time that's just you know pointing people where to go and then Justin Houston steps into that role and he's been on you know really good teams and he's been on really good defenses and he knows how this works and then it's guys it's guys that you know like Jabal Sheard he's been in the league a little bit longer but he's never been you know a backbone of any defense but you know guys like D'Amico Autry, Jabal Sheard you know even like Darius Leonard Houston's a guy that they can look to now and that they can get mentored from and it's I think it's going to work out really well for the Colts defense no matter what Houston's you know role on the field is going to be. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of leaders on the Colts defense here, uh, you guys interviewed Dwight Freeney. We did. We Tell did. Tell me that how awesome. that started and then how it went. Because I listened to the interview and I was just like, holy smokes. Like, this, this is him. Like, so yeah. tell me how that got started and then just kind of what you guys did. So, um, Aaron and I have been just like religiously emailing agents like crazy in this off season. Cause we're like, we're trying to get some guests on. Um, and we hit like some little stuff. We got, uh, you know, a former Colts coach on, uh, we got Ben Albright to come on and do an interview. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we've been emailing like players, rookies, lots of stuff, trying to, you know, get anybody that would come on. Uh, it's possible we might be getting Pierre Desir, you know, it's up in the air still. We're hoping to make that happen. So one night I'm just sitting in my house and I get a text from Aaron and he's like, dude, you'll never guess it. I'm like, what? And he goes, go look at my tweet. So I pull up my phone and I get on Twitter and I see that he's tweeted about a Colts. And he's like, this interview is going to make your head spin. And I just blanked. And I was like, who? And he's like, no, just think about it. I'm like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. And then after about five minutes of him teasing me, he's like, dude, Dwight Freeney, we're interviewing him this week. And I about like 
oh man, I lost it. Like, no way. There's no way. And he said, yeah, he just got a hold of his agent, worked it out. Uh, and then uh, the day that we were going to interview him, I ended up having to drive to Dayton for work. So I pulled over at a truck stop on my way home and opened my MacBook and got my mic out and just sat in like a truck stop parking lot and interviewed Dwight Freeney. And so, but he, he's super laid back. We talked for like five, 10 minutes before the pod started. And it was just, it was really, really cool. And I, I just thinking about like a guy who I had his Jersey when I was a little kid and did spin moves. And now I'm talking to him on a podcast. Like it was, I held all my fanboy in right until the end, but as soon as he uh, he hung up, I fist bumped in the air as as like as hard as I could. <laughs> I I wouldn't, but I don't know how I'd react to a situation like that. That's that's awesome, dude. Did, was it over video or is it just like a phone call? Did he? Call it was it? just a Skype call. So me and Aaron were on ahead of time, and we were just talking about what we were gonna do. And then he just goes, "Oh my god, an unrestricted number is calling me." <laughs> and then we just picked it up, and he's like, "Hello, this is Dwight." I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, it's him. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, so, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, CC Scouting? So we had Andrew Harbaugh on last week's episode, and so I know he's part of it as well. But why don't you tell us what, what you're doing? I'm kind of going to be overseeing some podcast stuff. So I'm going to hopefully just be pointing into the direction of what everybody's going to be doing and when we're going to be recording and the content that's going to come out. Uh, and then I have a lot of the recording software on my computer as well. So I'm going to do some of the editing and the recording there, but all of us kind of just got together and it's a project that we worked on for a while. Uh, we bounced around ideas. We've had lots of conference calls about it. And then we finally just decided to pull the trigger and do it. And, you know, we're really, really excited for it. Uh, it's probably the project that I'm the most excited about coming in. Uh, we let out our debut podcast, which is the college football show. Uh, me and Harbaugh did that with Kiefer and Mason. So it was a nice little fork show, but we all flowed really well together, especially for the first podcast. It, it did a lot better than I expected it to, honestly. And I'm really excited for the for, uh, for the future. Um, when I write the articles and stuff, it's mainly going to be Big Ten stuff. Uh, I'm a Big Ten guy. So that's what I'm going to primarily focus on and then just hosting a podcast in general. That's awesome, man. Hey, so just because it's Father's Day and all, I've been curious. I've been wanting to ask you this. So did the Colts send... Cody Kessler, a Father's Day card for owning the Colts last year, or is that still in the mail? Yeah, I think it got lost in the postage there. <laughs> oh, there okay, I'll be sure to text him and let him know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> if Hope you didn't know, if you didn't know, I'm a huge jerk, man. So gotcha. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you don't say sorry to me. I mean, in the last two years, there's only one team here that's won the AFC South, and I'll I'll give you a hint. It's not I mean, Indy. You should have went to the Super Bowl, so should have, should have. I can't. I, I mean, fault it too much there. That's what happens when you have a, a tight end playing quarterback for a. Long. How do you feel about Nick Foles? Um, so I think they overpaid, but <laughs> overall, I mean, again, I had a tight end at quarterback for five years. So what? What else am I going to do? Right. I, I can't be upset about it. He's looked really good. I think he's really taken that leadership role. So. I think that, like, just like how everybody said the last couple of years, like, you just needed a quarterback that can be decent with the defense mm -hmm. you have, and that's what he's going to be. Like, I don't, he's not, he doesn't have to be Andrew Luck. Right. No, I mean that team's loaded with talent. So, uh, Nick Foles, he just needs to be good enough to get him there. Um, exactly. I don't think he, you know, he's not going to have to put the weight on the team on his back or anything. So. No, for sure not. So, uh, I think I think it'll be good, but. Me and Austin go back and forth on this quite a bit. Of I'm actually not as high on the Jags receivers as he is. He actually likes my team's receivers more than I do, which is a little surprising. I, I think they have a nice, solid core. Like, uh, if 
if Foles can come out and really get a hold of that offense, he's got some nice weapons around him. I mean, they could be they could be dangerous. I really like it, but I think that they're in a better position than the Titans for sure. And yep. I mean, honestly, maybe even the Texans. So yeah, uh, we, we've been talking about this division and just how like anything could happen. Like the, it's going to be Titans, a fun division. Titans it's could go fun. four and like four and twelve or eleven and five. Like I yeah. could see it either way. Yeah, I mean, you just you don't know what Mariota you're going to get on a Sunday. So that's like the biggest issue. I mean, he could come out and just poop the bed. He called the shit poop. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best night of my life. <laughs> or he could come out and just light up a defense, and you you just never know what's going to happen. And that's what makes them just such a scary team to to watch, really. Yeah, for sure. And and Derrick Henry only has good games against the Jaguars defense. The one good saving grace, though, is that Andrew Luck has never in his career ever lost to the Titans. There you Completely go. Undefeated against the Titans. So, so, base, so basically, he's just carrying on what Peyton Manning did because Peyton yeah, two Manning free wins. sixteen years is. without losing him. Right, two free wins. Teresa, you mentioned Timmy. You mentioned this to me right before we started recording, and I haven't seen it yet, but I heard the take. And Dan, I gave you a warning, but right before we recorded, but Teresa, just go ahead, man. Just tell us what happened, and Dan, maybe you can try to defend yourself here. Sure, I'll shut up and listen. All right, so I believe it was two days ago, maybe three days ago, you get on Twitter and decide, I'm going to have the hottest take ever and expect not to get roasted immediately. You said, you can roast me later. No, let's just do it right now, like before the season starts. So you have the Cleveland Browns going into the playoffs as the number one seed at 13-3, and three, the Chiefs at tw- the number two seed at 12-4, and four, Colts at 12, or sorry, yeah, 12 and 4. Patriots 10 and 6. Chargers 11 and 5. Texans 9 and 7. And then we'll go on to the NFC. But long story short for everybody, you have the Cleveland Browns facing the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. I do. And who do you have winning that Super Bowl? The Browns are winning that Super Bowl. And the MVP is who? The MVP is Baker Mayfield. Yikes. So here's the thing. Honestly, Baker Mayfield winning the Super Bowl MVP is the least hot take of all those three. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback's going to win it most of the time. Exactly. But the Browns are just the most talented team in football, and I don't even think it's relatively close. So if you're looking at just talent alone, I mean, it's hard to to not pick that team. And I think they got the right attitude, and I think they're in a really weak division this year to do it. Uh, I mean, I I feel like it's entirely possible they don't even lose a single divisional game this year. Uh, Cleveland's going to be a, a rocking place to play. Uh, so they're going to have really home field advantage to a lot of those games. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Cleveland homer, but I just, I, I feel like I might be turning into one, but it's hard to, to say that this team, the way they looked at the end of the year and then adding Odell Beckham Jr. And Kareem Hunt, isn't just going to be a dominant force going into next season. And I, I completely admit that I could be completely wrong about this. Uh, but this is the take that I want to go with for now. So, you know, whatever. You make some solid points about the addition of Kareem Hunt and Odell. And I think the addition of Kareem Hunt is something that not a lot of people are talking about. And Travis Kelsey mentioned it this past weekend when he was asked about Kareem Hunt. And it was how he can change a game with about one or two carries or one or two possessions, you know, with a catch or carry, whatever you want, whatever it is, he's going to make a difference in the game. But you said the Browns are the most talented team in the AFC right now. You think they're more talented than your Colts right now? Yeah, I do. I honestly do. On the defensive side of the way, I feel like the Colts have a defense that not everyone's given enough credit for. The Colts have an incredible defense. I, I, I really like what they're going with, but I think the Browns are just have a more established uh, group of players there. 
If you look at the Colts DBs, I mean, there's some really promising guys in Kenny Moore and Pierre Desir, but there's they didn't break out like Denzel Ward did. Denzel Ward is already like the guy. And then I was really high on Greedy Roll. He was bringing him in. I think it's big. You know, Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, those are guys that I feel like the Browns, the Colts are definitely set up more long-term, but I feel like the Browns are better for like a right now kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think they're more talented on that defensive front for now. Uh, we also don't know what the Colts younger guys are going to turn into this year. So it's, it's kind of hard to say, which is why this whole take was just really super irrelevant because the preseason hasn't even, you know, even started to start yet, but I just decided to, to, you know, get on Twitter and, and shake some stuff down. But you're right about Kareem Hunt, though. I mean, people completely overlook him way too much and, and forget still that Nick Chubb is still there, too. I mean, they have two incredibly good backs. It's the best running back duo in the league, and it's I'm, I'm just a believer in it, I guess. And then you throw in Duke Johnson, who our very own Doug thinks is worth a uh, – what was it, a top five pick in the NFL? Draft, yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah you, you heard that correctly. Yes, he he went on this podcast and said, I think that the Browns are going to trade into the first round. We're like, oh, really? What are they going to give up? He's like, I don't know. I bet they can get in the top five with Duke Johnson and a third round pick. So he just woke up and decided to lie, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I mean, the draft was two months ago, and we still give him shit basically every episode. Uh, he, that's deserved at that point. Absolutely. So you and I are like on totally different pages about the Browns, which is going to make it that much more exciting. I hear that a lot, actually. So yeah, I'm I'm like the firm believer that they're like the 2010 Eagles, where they're going to really actually, that they're actually going to go like eight and eight. But I'm also, and Austin hates this. I'm also a firm believer that the Ravens are actually going to be good. Yeah, I know. You guys can shake your head all you want, and then when they win the division, I want both you guys to tweet at me and say, "Okay." Justin, you were right. The only way they're winning that division is if they somehow get a quarterback between now and the start of the season. Oh, thank you. Adding elite running backs in Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson aren't going to, you know, win you football games. I, I mean, it did last year. It, it did, but they played not great talent. <laughs> Wait, they did what? Because they're playing the same teams. And then they got absolutely dumpster rolled in the playoffs by the chargers and Lamar looked completely exposed. You can only, you can only use the triple option to success so much in the NFL. Like totally. I, I'm with you on that, but I just, I'm going to, I'm going to stand on my, my side and just be like, Hey, that's what I believe in. So. Listen, I respect it. I respect it so much. I've been preaching that the Browns are going to, yeah, I got into it with someone that's on my podcast, really. Uh, another guy from the brew tweeted me and he was like, wow, this is bad. And I just, I started to tweet like some way more mean things. And then I just erased them and was like, man, we're like coworkers or else this <laughs> got dicey. <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> and that's funny you guys say that because I have the Steelers winning it. So I think, I think there's a very strong chance the Steelers finish last in that division this year. Wow. wow. I'm not going to say that that's my prediction, but I think there's a strong chance that that happens. You, you know the Cincinnati Bengals are in that division, right? I'm aware. And oh. I, I think the Bengals are awful. When we did – I'll actually pull it up right here. Uh, and like I said, this isn't something that I would predict. I just am saying that I could see it happening. But let me pull up my notes real quick. I did like a preseason power ranking episode for the Brew, and I had the Bengals at 31st. So, you know, I'm, I, I – admit that they're really terrible but i can 32 miami uh 32 i had the giants wow yeah 
I had uh, my my bottom five: twenty eight Dolphins, twenty nine Cardinals, thirty Bucks, thirty one Bengals, thirty two Giants. Well, that's something else for Brandon to get pissed off about. At least yeah, it us. <laughs> I, I like it though because he's got the Bucks. So I was just in Vegas last weekend and put a lot of money down on certain things. And Bucks under six wins was one of my biggest bets. I would take that bet eight days a week. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a big payout there. Uh, what about where do you have the Bills? I have the Bills at twenty four. We are different. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, let's go ahead and get into that. We actually have the Bills potentially winning that division if something bad happens to New England. Listen, if the Bills win that division, I will be so happy. I, I'll take you guys all out for drinks if the Bills win that division. Deal. <laughs> like, it's done. Yeah, so I put, I put quite a bit of money on them over seven wins as well. I think the Bills can win more than seven pretty so they, easily. They've won seven, at least seven games, five out of the last six years. I, I thought it was a pretty safe bet. I like the Bills. And then what I preface with these rankings was this isn't how I feel like the season's going to end. This is just where I feel where the teams are talent-wise right now. Um, so going into the season, like right here, this is where I would put them. I had the Bills at 24. I had the Chiefs at five. So That makes That's sense. So you mentioned that you're covering a lot of the Big Ten because you're in that area, obviously. Who are some players that we should be looking out for in the college game? Um, some players who I really wish you were looking out for was uh, Dylan McCaffrey, but I don't think that's going to happen this season. So as much as I kick and scream and beg, he's not going to get much playing time. But, you know, you got to look at the Big Ten edge rushers. There's a, a few that are really good. Uh, Chase Young, uh, AJ Espinese. I'm horrible pronouncing last names, but... Uh, he's really good out of Iowa. <laughs> I'm really bad at that. Uh, I'm good. At, yeah, I'm really good at pronouncing names like Nick, Joe, like great at that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah those are like the two and my two and three players and, and next year. So Northwestern's got a really sneaky good team. Uh, I think they're going to win their part of the Big Ten. Uh, they're a team to look out for. They're always sneaky good. Uh, they always have all those, you know, white boy, stereotypical grit, grind, all those. But it, it's fitting for that team. And I see them coming out on top there. Uh, so look out for a lot of the Northwestern players. These edge rushers are good. Uh, the Michigan's bringing back a couple good defenders. Uh, and then Ohio State, there's always going to be guys that you have never heard of until this year and then their first-round draft picks. So mm-hmm. Exactly. So I know Northwestern very well because I'm from Utah, so I'm a U. And okay. watching them come back in the second half of the bowl game last year was heartbreaking. We we thought we yeah. finally won a, another big bowl game. Whittingham was going to go like 20 and 1 or 22 and 1, something crazy in all of his bowl games and then I think Hunter Johnson's going to have a great year. So totally. The Utes the Utes are going to be a good team this year. They're they're pretty stacked. Probably the best team we've had since being in the Pac-12. Northwestern's a team to look out for for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for college football. Um, I'm super excited for Michigan to let me down again. It's just a, a running tradition that I get I look forward to every year. So that's cool. Uh, if if Ohio State beats Michigan and Ann Arbor this year, I don't really know what I'm going to do. It's going to be too much. First year quarterback, first year head coach, winning on the road. I I'll probably cry real tears. So <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen. Oh, I think that. I think that wraps up all that we have for today. Trish, do you have any other questions you want to ask the one and only Dan Barnes? So other podcasts do this because they took it from us, which they asked permission. So I'm not going to say they took it from us. They asked permission if they could use it. But I'm going to ask you, if you were a football player and you could be in charge of your My Cleat, My Cause 
what would be your cause? Ooh, okay, this is good. So we do a lot of work with the Humane Society, like where I work. We donate tons of money there. Uh, we you know, feed all their kennels. So I would probably do some sort of like adoption outreach charity, whatever that would be, whether it's a National Humane Society or a local one or just uh, helping local rescues. That'd probably be pretty, I think that would be my cleat, would be uh, just some sort of dog rescue. That's awesome. I love it. So uh, how, how much time do you spend helping out there then? Uh, it depends on the week. So part of my job is I'm supposed to work one day a week there, but I get pulled at every different direction. So, uh, I know that we do, we, we feed all their kennels though. So every food that goes through the local humane society here where I live is, is from all donated food from us and it's not expired or anything. So we make sure, and then, you know, we're always doing the register roundups year round. So it's pretty cool. We, um, we do a lot of good for them. We, I just ran an adoption event, uh, yesterday. So oh, that was fun. That's awesome, dude. So how many dogs do you have of your own then? Uh, my own, I just have one golden retriever, but that's just because Maddie won't let me have more dogs. <laughs> I keep telling her I want a baby or a dog and she tells me I get neither. So that's where we sit right now. Uh Oh, <laughs> so I have a, I have a golden retriever German shepherd mix and it's like the best. Those are always so pretty, but yeah, my golden retriever, he's almost one. He turns one next month and he's a little shithead, but I love him. So that's uh, every dog, right? Every, every parent's like, yeah, my dog's a shithead. And then you're like, but I love him. He's my shithead. Do you want to hear the hall story? 100% I do. Yes, please, 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 please. Okay. So, uh, me and Auntie Oreo, uh, went, decided to go to a Colts game. He's from California, never been to a game. So I was like, I'll drive in, pick you up from the airport. Uh, we'll get an Airbnb. You know, I'll take you to Lucas Oil. It's a great stadium. We'll have a good time. So we're playing Dallas, or we're playing Dallas that week. And the Colts do this awesome thing called Touchdown Town. And it's this huge tailgate that the, the franchise themselves puts on right outside the front of the stadium. So you can just, it's like $3 Bud Lights and Budweiser's and you can get shit faced right before the game and you have to walk I mean, 50 yards from the tailgate to the, the entrance of the stadium. So that's what I always do whenever I go to the games. And we're playing these random Cowboys fans in cornhole, and we won every game just for the record. Me and Anna are a really good cornhole team. So we're in the game, and, and we continue to drink because we pounded the Cowboys that week. And I got back, and I'm super drunk, and it's like 4 in the afternoon. And it's just playing mom and taking care of me really good. So we get back to the Airbnb, and then we started talking about the draft from the year before. And that's when uh, we – like when. Matt did the Bleacher Report coverage on that. And then him and Connor at one point mentioned like Hall of Fame. It was like a one-liner tossed in the second round. I was like Hall of Fame listeners. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. And then I just made a group chat immediately. And I'm like, this is a thing now. And then I hopped on Twitter and then found that STFHOF was available. So I'm like, this is mine too. So it was just all done in a drunken stupor. And then I sobered up and went to St. Elmo's and was hung over at 8 p.m. But the hall was born and, and then everybody joined it. And then it's, just, it's grown into like such a funny group chat from there. That is awesome. So literally just snap of a finger, boom. Yeah. And then we made CC scouting off of it. Like we were all sitting together. We're like, hey, we all like football. We never talk it. Like, let's start doing that, I guess. And then we made a group chat and we went forward with it. And after a couple of months of planning, here we are. Damn, that's amazing. So how many members are a part of the Six to Football Hall of Fame right now then? I think 12. Um, it, it's, uh, let, let me look for sure. Uh, oh, there's 15. Uh, yeah, one day I got really liberal with adding people because, like I said, I was really drunk. Uh-huh. But it's, uh, it's me and Aunt Mason Whitlock, uh, Logan, Dan Dan Dan, 
uh, JQ, Richard Royal, a Roman, Patrick Chamberlain, Melina Brown, Tyler Forness, Dan Kiefer, uh, Walker, the intern, uh, Andrew Harbaugh, and then Andrew Magnuson. So nice. That's a solid group of gentlemen right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's lots of like puppy pictures that get shared and like funny jokes and then shitting on the Cowboys. So, <laughs> hey, I think the Cowboys are going to be pretty good this year. We, uh, I'm not sure if you listened to our last episode or not, but Trees on his Tree Sivia did a QB A and B and put stats. And I think Wentz was A and Dak was B, and Dak had better stats than Wentz. Yeah, Wentz has been hurt, but he had what was it? Fewer interceptions, more touchdowns, more yards, and a better completion percentage. Correct. Dak's also safer with the ball, though. But this is an argument that we can get into. That's a really long one because I'm super anti Dak Prescott. So. Oh, we'll have to save it for next time. For sure. Next time, for sure. And I believe this time, that is all that we have. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, man. We appreciate it. It was awesome getting to talk to you and have you on. We're going to have to do it again. Once again, appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking football.